Are you ready for the word today? I I can feel it. I can tell you're ready. Um, Baptism is an interesting topic to talk about and to preach on, to be honest, because we all come from different backgrounds. And I had this thought, what would Jesus say if he came to churches today and gave his thoughts on how they do baptisms? And I think if he went to the Catholics, he would say something like, so you really think baptizing babies will remove their sins? I think he would go to the Lutherans and say, so you think baptism will give the baby the Holy Spirit? I think he would go to the Presbyterians and say, so you think baptism will put you in a a covenant relationship with the Lord? I think he'd go to the Baptists and say, so you think you should baptize everybody again and again and again and again so your numbers are high for the Baptist beacon? (laughs) If you're a Baptist, you'll really think that's funny, (laughs) or a former Baptist. What were you taught about baptism? What were you taught? Baby baptism or believer's baptism? Sprinkle some water, pour it over your head, full immersion. Baptize in a river, a lake, a pool, a hot tub, an animal trough? Does it remove your original sin? Does it wash away your current sin? Or is it you simply declaring what God has done in your life? Anyone ever been confused about what baptism means? Just by a show of hands. Anybody ever been confused, been taught something different, went to a different church, and then, okay, we're all on the same page. Today, what I want you to see for yourself is when Jesus was baptized, why Jesus was baptized, how Jesus was baptized, and what Jesus taught his disciples about baptism. And when I am finished with that, I hope you will see clearly that the baptism of Jesus was an act of obedience. And if Jesus was baptized, so should you. It was an act of obedience. I praise the Lord today for three people, for Tim, for Barry, for Diana, coming up here to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit being present with us today. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching through your word. I pray, Father, that as John the Baptist said, I will decrease, you will increase, that this is not my opinion about baptism, that this is the truth about baptism. And when we see the truth, it sets us free. It helps us make a decision to worship you and to honor you with our life. Father, I pray that many will come forward many will take that next step of obedience in walking with you and be baptized. In the name of Jesus, everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. The baptism of Jesus is the title this morning, and it takes, I believe, the harmony of the Gospels, all four books. That's your encouragement to read those books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I've also thrown in a couple other books called Not a Fan, which some of you have been reading a book called uh, On Heaven, and then a book uh, later on that we'll talk more about called The Treasure Principle. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you read them together about the different events in the life of Jesus, it really helps you understand that. So I'm going to touch on Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, about how they described the baptism of Jesus. First of all, when was Jesus baptized? 
How old was Jesus when he got baptized? Was it at the beginning of his ministry, in the middle, at the end? Well, Luke tells us in Luke 3, uh, verse 23, that when Jesus began his ministry, he was about 30 years of age. 30 years of age, and that Luke wrote that right after he described the baptism of Jesus. So it was at the beginning of his ministry, he was baptized, and he did it at the age of 30. Have you ever wondered why he waited until he was 30 years old? I mean, I thought I knew everything when I was in my 20s, all right? I thought I knew it all. I would have started long before I turned 30, right? Anybody else feel like you knew it all when you were in your 20s? Yeah, and the teens are in the front row right now. They're going, we know it all right now. (laughs) Give us the car keys, man. Get out of the way. To understand why Jesus was baptized at age of 30, you need to know um, uh, why he was baptized in the the first place or in in general. Why was he baptized? um, Joe read Matthew 3, 13 through 17. I'm going to go verse by verse through that. Verse 13 Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. That would be the Jordan River. Um, some people ask me, can I get baptized again? I've been pastoring a long time now, and people will ask, can I get baptized again? And the answer to that is, yeah, you, you should. In fact, you could start the hashtag baptism challenge. All right? What is it with the obsession we have with these hashtag challenges on social media? Have you seen these? All right, so the hashtag baptism challenge is to go to every possible church you can in the area, get baptized, post pictures on Facebook or whatever your social media is. I'm totally kidding. Please don't do that, okay? That would not be right. Some of the teens are like, I'm going to do it. I'm in. No. But can you get baptized again? I would get baptized again for one reason only, and that reason would be if I happen to get someday to go to the Jordan River, I would be baptized where Jesus was baptized. And it would simply be for me. It wouldn't be because I get saved all over again. It wouldn't be because it washed away my sins or any of that. I would just want to do it to be like Jesus. That would be my reason for being baptized again. I was baptized as an adult in my 20s with my wife um, on the same day. Matthew verse three or verse 14 and 15 of chapter 3. John the Baptist says to Jesus when Jesus went to him to be baptized. John would have prevented Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Now, John said that because he understood his place. Like, he understood he was not greater than Jesus. He understood his role in the whole, in God's plan. But Jesus says to John the Baptist, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so John consented. John knew his his role. If John's baptism was about salvation, then Jesus would have baptized him. He said, yeah, you're right, John, I, I need to baptize you. But John's baptism wasn't about salvation. It was about repentance. It was about him, con- people going there and confessing their sins, and John did what he was supposed to do. He pointed everybody to the one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. He pointed everybody to them. Confess your sins, find forgiveness in the, in the Messiah, in the, Lord, in the Lord, Jesus. Verse 15 
is the key to helping us understand why Jesus was baptized. It says, to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? That Jesus said, I have come to fulfill all righteousness. I'll tell you, for the longest time, I thought that one of the main reasons Jesus was baptized was to honor John's ministry. It was an important ministry. He, he as Isaiah said, you know, he, he paved the path for Jesus to affirm John. I thought Jesus was baptized to lead us by example. I thought Jesus was baptized like some here um, shared with me this week when they read Mark's Gospel that uh, they concluded Jesus was baptized because his father was pleased, that God was pleased. And I don't disagree with any of those reasons why Jesus got baptized. I just don't think they're the primary reason he was baptized. And to understand the main reason why Jesus was baptized, you've got to know a little bit of the Old Testament, and you have to know what Jesus said in Matthew 5.17. Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said, Don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. But why did I come? To fulfill them. There's that word again. I've come to fulfill the prophets and the law. What would Jesus fulfill by being baptized? And the answer is priesthood. Priesthood. He came to be a priest. And you're going to love this if you know the Old Testament, and I'm going to show you the verses so you can see it clearly for yourself. Jesus was not called to become one of the many priests from the Levite tribe in the Old Testament. Jesus was, uh, was called in, uh, to be the one and only priest. The one and only. Moses had this task in the Old Testament. Moses' job was to ordain the priests, consecrate them. And there was a process in which he did that. In Numbers chapter 4, by the way, a priest had to be a certain age. Guess what age? Just take a wild and crazy guess at what the age would be. That's right. You want to be a priest, you got to be 30. And now you know why Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry, because he was entering the priesthood. In Exodus 29.4, You shall bring Aaron and his sons, this is God talking to Moses, to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and you shall wash them with water. A priest must be washed with water. Verse 7 of Exodus 29, you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. A priest must be anointed with oil. Oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. That's right. Number 623 Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. There was a verbal blessing from the priesthood. Now let's look at what happened at Jesus' baptism. Verses 16 and 17. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. At the age of 30, Jesus was baptized. He was washed with water. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he was blessed by the voice of God. Do you see it now? Do you see that he had to enter the priesthood, that that is why he was baptized? To become a priest? 
It was an act of obedience for Jesus. And if Jesus was baptized as God's plan for his life, then so should you. It's God's plan. Not just any priest, as I said. Jesus was not from this Levi tribe, the Levite tribe. Levi was a son of Jacob. In the Old Testament, we see this. Jesus was actually from the tribe of Judah. That's correct. Now, before Jacob was Isaac, and before Isaac was Abraham. And there was a time when Abraham went to a priest to offer his tithe, and the name of that priest was Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a special order of priesthood. Hebrews will explain this to you in detail. You should go home and read Hebrews today. That's your homework, all right? Read Hebrews. You'll see all of this. I'm going to read to you a few verses in chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Talked about that just a couple weeks ago. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, what's the most important responsibility of a priest in the Old Testament? It's to bring a sacrifice so there could be forgiveness of sins. Because, as Hebrew says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So the priest in the Old Testament would bring the sacrifice over and over and over and over again. Because we are sinners and we fall short of the glory of God and we keep messing up and so they would have to keep bringing this sacrifice. But Jesus, he brought a better covenant, a better promise, a new promise. Hebrews 9.12, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by the means of the blood of goats or calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption for you and for me. Amen? Jesus was baptized as an act of obedience to become our great high priest. And if Jesus obeyed God, then so should you. So should you. Now, why does baptism not take away our sin? Maybe that's troubled you. Maybe you've, you, your eyes perked up, uh, or your ears perked up. Uh, your eyes got big when I started this off by talking about the Catholics and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and all the different divisions, I'm sorry, denominations we have in Christianity today. Why is it important for you to know that baptism doesn't wash away or take away your sins like some denominations teach? It's important because, well, it's important because it's an act of obedience to be baptized. And if you're saved by baptism, well, then it's something you did. But we're saved by faith in Christ alone. Isn't that right? Some people will point to Mark 16, 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I have a good friend that points to that as the reason why you must be baptized to be saved. Then it goes on to say, though, whoever does not believe will be condemned. So I point out to him, it doesn't say, Mike, whoever does not believe and is baptized will be condemned. It doesn't say that. But we go back and forth. 
Acts 22.16 says, this is Paul talking and sharing his testimony. It says, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Again, does it mean you are baptized to wash away your sins, or are your sins washed away because you called on his name? See, it's the context of it all. When people use those texts in support, to support their belief system that baptism saves you, I simply look them in the eye, as serious as I can, and just ask them, how can anything you do save you? How can anything you do save you? It doesn't work like that. We can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. We need Jesus Christ. The famous hymn doesn't go, what can wash away my sin? Baptism and the blood of Jesus. It doesn't go like that, does it? What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now you know it. Peter understood this. Peter was a disciple of Jesus. Peter said in 1 Peter 3, verses 20 and 21, he said, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. He's going back and giving this example of Noah and the ark. While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. It's a symbol of something Peter is pointing out. And he says the symbol is baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not, this is important, keep reading, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is your sin like dirt on your body? Isn't sin an internal problem that you got going on? You can't wash it off. What is Peter really saying in this text? He's saying that Noah's ark foreshadowed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And baptism foreshadows your eventual resurrection when you call on the name of Jesus Christ. Paul agreed Paul wrote the book of Romans. He says in Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, Do you not know all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might, too, walk in the newness of life. We will also be resurrected. Do you see the purpose of the baptism? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Baptism doesn't save you. You're saved by faith in Christ alone. And by the way, here's a fascinating history lesson. Who are our history buffs out there today? We have some history buffs. All right, great. Using Peter's example of Noah's Ark, you're going to love this, and baptism, all right? I'm going to help you understand the proper way to be baptized. You ready for this? Who do you suppose invented baptism? Who invented baptism? baptism. I want to tell you, the answer to that is in the birth of the pickle. The birth of the pickle. History.com. Look it up for yourself. History.com. Not a Christian website. History.com says the pickle was born around 2400 BC. You look it up for yourself. That's what History.com says. They write in there, to preserve food, the Mesopotamians baptized their cucumbers in a brine so they could eat them anytime. 
It rhymes, I know. They immersed, that's what baptism is, immersed the cucumber for a while and then resurrected a pickle. Now here's the fascinating part. Noah was born around 3000 B.C. The flood happened 2500 B.C. The pickle born 2400 B.C. I think Noah came out of the ark, and he didn't just plant grapes, all right? He didn't just plant a vineyard. I think he planted some cucumbers, and I think Noah baptized the first cucumber and made a pickle. What do you think? Anybody on board with me? All right, whether you agree or not with that, you can't disagree with the meaning of the word. The meaning of the word baptize. Our word baptize is a transliteration of the Greek word baptizo. And baptizo means to immerse underwater. That's the reference, the pickle. Now, how was Jesus baptized? Mark 1.10 tells us he came up out of the water. He was immersed. John didn't sprinkle him with water. He didn't splash him in the face and say, there you go, Jesus. He didn't pour water over his head. He immersed him. He put him all the way under the water. And if Jesus got baptized by immersion, then so should you. You would want to do it just like Jesus, wouldn't you? What did Jesus teach his disciples about baptism? What did he let them know was important before he left? On our back wall here, Matthew 28, 19, right over the baptism, okay? There's a baptism right there. It's got warm water in it. Not cold water. I, you know, Barry, if he would have been baptized by himself, it would have been cold, just for Barry. <laughs> Wake him up. But it's warm for you, Barry. I got it warm. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. That's what Jesus said. Go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. That's what he commanded, him, uh, commanded to his disciples. It's not a suggestion, folks. It's not a suggestion. He told them to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You must do this. It's a commandment. Jesus commanded his disciples to do this, and they did it. They did it. That's what we do here at Life of Purpose. We obey God. The question is, will you obey God? Will you be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Throughout the book of Acts, you read these disciples, the Acts of the Apostles, the disciples, they were baptizing. And when someone believed that Jesus was their Lord and Savior, they didn't hesitate. They got baptized. In fact, wonderful story of the Ethiopian heading back to Egypt. And Philip hears what he's reading, and he shares the gospel with them, and he doesn't even wait to go home. He says, look, there's water right there. Will you baptize me? He did it right away. Are you hesitating to be baptized? Why? If Jesus was baptized, then you should too. Celebrate what God has done in your life. It's a celebration, isn't it? When someone is baptized, think about what it does for other people. Think about what it does for the church, for believers. When you see someone baptized, doesn't it bring you back to your baptism? Doesn't it bring you back to when you remember that joy of being baptized? And you know what it does for non-believers? For those that have never been baptized and maybe don't understand, still have questions, and it, it, it possibly could encourage them to seek out 
and explore their faith. You could be leading someone to Christ by being obedient and getting baptized. And by the way, do you know what baptism does uh, for God? Let's just look again when Jesus was baptized. The heavens were open. The voice came from heaven. You are my, my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Baptism pleases God. You want to please God? Anybody want to please God? Just, yeah, thought so. Get baptized. The heavens were opened. Just ponder that for a moment. I have. The heavens were opened. Is it possible that the current heaven is in another dimension and God opened up a portal to watch? Is it possible that God is somewhere out there in our vast universe and he just came down like the new Jerusalem will come down in Revelation 21? Is it possible that God is in our sky right now, maybe just above the clouds like you thought when you were a little girl, but you just can't see him because you have earthly eyes? Recall Elisha, his servant, could not see God's army until God opened his eyes. Recall the two walking on the road to Emmaus. They couldn't see Jesus until God opened their eyes. I don't know where heaven is currently. I like to think about it. I don't know where it is, but I know this is true. All eyes in heaven are on you. Think about that. They're watching What's going on right now? With great interest. Luke 15.10, Jesus said, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Don't think for a moment they don't know what's going on down here. They do. There is joy in heaven when you obey God and get baptized. Joy in heaven. Now, what if you were baptized as a baby or just so young you just don't remember it? I've often been asked, should you be baptized again? And with all seriousness, the answer is yes, you should. Here's why. That baptism wasn't your act of obedience. It was your parents. And I don't blame your parents because they did what they were taught. I'm sure they were in a church that taught them to do it, and they did it. But now you've been taught the truth. You know the truth. And when you hear the truth, you have to respond to the truth. That's worship, folks. That's worship. Responding to God. Responding to the truth. I don't care what you believe for the past 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever. The truth is the truth. And when you know the truth, you need to obey the truth. You need to act on that truth. When you obey God, you take that next step closer to him, and that pleases him. That is your spiritual act of worship. As our band plays this final song, if you need to take that next step of baptism, I ask that you would just contact me, okay? Email me. I'm getting there. Or you can mark it on your connection card so I can contact you. That's my work wife over there helping me out. <laughs> Thank you, Chrissy. 
Our band can come forward now and prepare. I also want to offer the steps up here as our altar. Let these be the place where you come to make a decision, to bring your decision to God. If you're not comfortable coming forward, you can certainly bow your head in your seat and spill your heart to God. But while we play this song, I just want to encourage you, if you need to make a decision, come forward, bow down, kneel down, and just talk to God. And then you can return back to your seat. I pray that this will be a day that you obey God. And remember, if Jesus was baptized, so should you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that you are an awesome and holy God and that you sent your son Jesus to help us understand how to live life on this earth. If we just keep our eyes fixed on him, then we'll see how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to walk so we can get closer to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.